Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Biohackers live show on the Biker Summit YouTube channel and also Seamland's YouTube channel and also on the Biohacking Book Instagram account. Welcome. If you have any questions, you're, you're free to go on these platforms and put your comments, questions, whatever you have up there. We are here in the studio ready to answer your questions about how to maximize your brain health. All right. So that thing right, right there between your ears, uh, how do we get the most out of it? So in the biker community, nootropics are a huge topic and huge interest uh, in people. How to you know enhance or oil better this neurological machinery. But there is also electroceuticals, so you can use electric currents to you know activate also those neural pathways, and um, also nutraceuticals, nutritional products and so on that that help you to run your brain better but in the end there is no magic pill because research has discovered that in the end one of the best ways to enhance cognitive capability is actually to use your physical body so things like you know uh, heavy exercise heavy lifting and so on is more likely to trigger uh, brain derived neurotrophic factors right, right. and Baby. grow your brain so yeah, Olli's already jumping in, so here from the Biker Studios, welcome to the studio, Olli, and see him. Hello, I brought my twin. What's up? What's up? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> you guys have a pretty nice 80s porn star look, so welcome to the studio. We are absolutely wearing these new Biker's day glasses, because I actually want to protect my eyes from these very bright lights, and that's also part of the brain health, so yeah. we're mm. going to be talking about also how to protect and improve your eyesight and your eye yeah. health. There's actually a comment on the chat that sleep for seven hours per night minimum is needed. That that's all. So mm. that's true also. All oh, right, that's true. And uh, we're Sometimes. about to leave. <laughs> that's right. it. That's it. <laughs> that's all you need. Um, the brain is such a greedy energy consumption machine. Yeah, I mean, the amount that the brain is using for uh, simple tasks is just like massive. Do you guys even know about any of the numbers? Yeah, it's, so it, it is um, like the basic use. It's, it's, a, it's about 20% of energy use and it, get, it can get even higher if you're like focused on very like um, demanding task. Let, let's say like a writing process or synthesizing information that yeah. you do and I do and Damon does and quite many knowledge workers also do. So the metabolism can go up to like 25, I don't know, maybe maybe even 30% of the total energy consumption. Yeah. And that's also one of the reasons why the ketosis, ketogenic diet and using these ketones as brain fuel has uh, brought into that attention. Hmm. Yeah, and it's not like a big organ. <laughs> it's a very small 5% of your body weight is usually like yeah. in the brain. So, and it's also like valuable because because why it, why it requires so much energy is because it's so valuable you know like coordinates all the uh, other processes inside the body and uh, your cognition and so yeah you need it for survival. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, taking care of it, like neurodegenerative diseases are on the rise. Um, I mean, we live older than ever before. Like, uh, and with that comes degenerative diseases and uh, brain related. Uh, diseases and illness and degeneration is a, is a big 
issue, of course, Alzheimer's and dementia and so on. So uh, I think that's pretty much one of the most important organs that you have that takes a hit as you age mm-hmm. uh, if you're not taking good yeah. care of your body either, right? For for sure. It's, it's, it's uh, like pretty devastating to see people go down, let's say, with Alzheimer's or any kind of dementia or... Parkinson's disease, which is a horrible disease, in my opinion. I, I've seen, like, in my previous uh, workplaces, a lot of uh, Parkinson patients. That it, the performance, not only the brain, but also like the overall health, goes goes down. And uh, my my grandmother, well, she passed a uh, little over ten years ago, but she uh, suffered like thirteen years from Alzheimer's disease and. Mm. I watched her like go down into a level of a baby and but she seemed to be pretty happy because she didn't remember anything but the present moment mm-hmm. uh, because the the, yeah. the the functional and the working memory wasn't really working <laughs> and uh, I actually witnessed her her death like like two hours before she she went 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 to the other realms and that mm. was that was a uh, Mm. It was kind of a relief, but also a beautiful experience. But I wish none of these to any 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 person. And and uh, if we can prevent any neurodegenerative disease, it is always always a win. Yeah. For, for and people. And when it comes to Alzheimer's and dementia, often it's too late once you get symptoms. So you should yeah. ha- start like 10, 20, 30 years before. Yeah. There's a question from Blazing Bees: What causes Alzheimer's disease? Now, if I give my understanding of it, uh, it's still uh, not fully understood exactly yeah. what's going on. So there's kind of things that where we are looking at like amyloid black formation in the brain, if that is um, the reason or some kind of brain's protective mechanism that accumulates to, to deal with the damage, and it's an imbalance for sure, there's the theory on um, type 3 diabetes, that it's a metabolic uh, disease uh, which deals with the energy production in the brain and mitochondrial dysfunction, and, and that leads to an energy crisis that, that is kind of uh, similar to diabetes, but it, it's specifically in the brain. And um, I mean, there's many things. Like if you, if you look at amyloid plague formation, for example, there are studies that show that there's a link to uh, herpes virus, mm, which is right. dormant in a lot of people. Uh, but as, you're, as you age and your immunity uh, lowers, um, these type of viruses can get out of hand and has been linked to Alzheimer's, uh, for mm. example, that could be potential trigger. So there seems to be a lot of different avenues through which yeah. we end up to Alzheimer's. Go ahead, Sim. The sleep side is very uh, central to that because your brain literally... You know, clears itself out from the toxins and plaque uh, during sleep, and yeah, it's yeah. like a, probably a combination of many things. It, yeah. it is. Uh, I I would say that Alzheimer's disease is kind of like uh, almost like like uh, these symptom-based diseases. Let's say like IBS and and and, and different kind of uh, diseases that w- that there are multiple mechanisms. But we if, if we take a look at these um, basic things. For example, that biohacking provides, which is uh, like battling inflammation, low-grade inflammation, better insulin sensitivity, blood glucose regulation, better sleep. Um, you can like uh, handle the oxidative stress, any toxins from the environment. They all play a part in in this this mm. kind of game, yeah. and also the viruses, any kind of pathogens in the brain. And now we know 
even more than, than previously how the gut and the brain are connected. So the gut-brain microbiota connection. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised that if we find like some kind of specific viruses that are related to, mm. let's say, Alzheimer's disease. Mm. Right. Let's take a look at the chat here. What's with the glasses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are these are uh, for cool biohackers who want to block a little bit of blue light. So if you want yeah. to get these, go to biohackercenter.com. We have the day, day the biohackers day glasses available over there. Um, so to protect our sleep and uh, circadian rhythm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, Andrew says that the brain also consumes ton of creatine because of all the methylation processes, and creatine is actually one of those nootropics that actually has a lot of studies that it, it really does work. Uh, while, um, you know, we have all these trendy nootropics, creatine, although bodybuilders use it, uh, anyone building their brain should also use that. Yeah, there's the glasses, like if you want to get your pair, yeah. just go over there. You know, um, we, we just talked about creatine, like uh, maybe 30 minutes ago yeah. with, with Seam. Uh, when I uh, was making a slide, which I will show you later, about working memory and which things can improve working memory. And I was like counting back how many years I've been using like creatine monohydrate. And I came to a figure of 24 years. Mm. So I didn't realize, and probably there wasn't even research back then. It, it was only for muscles and, and, right. and like strength. But I've been like unknowingly... Uh, improving my cognition yeah. by using creatine monohydrate that yeah, there's, long. There's also like studies where like the vegans uh, who start to take creatine as a supplement, they see their IQ increasing. Yeah. <laughs> so there is a pretty important role of creatine as a nootropic, as a, as a cognitive uh, supporter as well, for sure. Yeah. We Web Trader asks about what about creatine and hair loss? Mm. Any comments? Creatine what? Creatine it's, it's, and it's hair a, loss. It's only possible. Hair loss. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's a common. Yeah. Basically, it increases the DHT expression in your scalp, the creatine. Yeah. And if you are genetically predisposed, then you will see maybe some more shedding. Um, but if you don't have bad genetics, like Oli, doesn't look like he's going bald <laughs> in Dansu. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> taking 24 but years. But looks like you have been taking too much creatine. It's already dropping on the sides of your head. Or his barber has been taking too much my, creatine. My barber has been mic microdosing <laughs> the creatine. <laughs> and going... Uh, Getting psychic visions, <laughs> trying to predict <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, uh, one more comment on the glasses. So yeah. these, these, I mean, uh, do they block 50%? No, it's it's about 20-30%. And you don't want to block all the blue light. I mean, it's not dangerous yeah. during the day. Uh, yeah. you, you want to reduce it because you get exposed to a lot of it with computers mm. and screens yeah. and all that. But you need it actually during the day. But in the evening, it's not good uh, yeah. for, for health, for sure. Yeah, now, and flickering. Because I, I, I realized that yeah, it's a lot easier to watch the computer screen yeah. when these are on. Now, yeah. now that fl flick if I take them off for a moment, like the blue light is pretty intense. Like be it is. Because you've yeah. gotten used to the like more meadow. And for it, besides the sleep, the blue light also like increases <coughs> the uh, reactive oxygen species in the eyes and damages the eyes. And mm. a lot of the like circadian signaling happens through the eyes. And if you are basically uh, using your computer all the time, Without any protection, then uh, you may see this, you know, deterioration in your eyesight, which will in in indirectly also uh, reduce your brain health and mm. sleep. Dude, use protection. <laughs> Lutergic acid. Someone probably taking LSD. I don't know if you're microdosing or what, but what is good creating daily dose? Mm. He is all about the dose for sure. Creating. 
Yeah. It's yeah, uh, well, it depends. Uh, cognitive, I think it's like two grams, three grams is enough. But if you want to uh, like maximize like uh, strength and power performance, then then five grams is the mm. most studied yeah. dose. Yeah, you don't you don't need to uh, load the creatine. Like usually, the yeah. bodybuilders load like twenty grams a day for a month or something. And they the also load their gastrointestinal <laughs> systems because it might cause some diarrhea if you like yeah. use it too much. So. Yeah, three to three to five grams is fine. One to two maybe also depends on also like how much meat they're eating. If you're eating like a, a lot of red meat, then you probably don't need that much. Whereas if you're like plant based, then yeah. you may need like five grams even if you're not trying to yeah. like max out on gains. Usually, mm. I I take it when I train. Yeah, and off days uh, I I take it if I remember. But uh, I eat quite a bit of red meat. And uh, like game and, and and you know liver and stuff, so it's it's uh, coming naturally as well. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, Scrollbar stars is asking: Are there cognitive benefits to su- supplementing with mushroom extract like chaga, lion's mane, and so on? I mean, there are studies that show uh, beneficial effects on neural growth factors, especially in the prefrontal cortex with lion's mane. There's also some other mushrooms in the same family actually lion's mane is the most well known but there is other mushrooms also maybe a little bit more unknown that show similar uh, stimulatory effects on, on neural growth factors and it's not just the brain it can also help with um, other like more neurodegenerative diseases uh, parkinson's even mm. so so it could be an interesting area now um, yeah i mean do you have something to add on the mushroom question lion's mane basically um if you really want to like um, engage in something that you want to like reprogram your mind and you want to create new pathways, then maybe some some kind of um, I would combine like lion's mane with let's say with this PMF device, which is called neo rhythm, or even even light therapy, and then engage in in the activity. And if you want to actually have a like a good working memory and and if you have a, have a learning process, then a small dose of ni- nicotine, like four hours after after the learning process, mm. and, and beforehand you take lion's mane, that could be a really nice combination. There's a lot of uh, uh, stuff also around long-term potentiation, like your ability to move things from short-term memory to long-term memory, to memorize things, and and uh, there is stacks available for biohackers uh, built around forescalling and its ability to. To, to influence the LTP, long-term potentiation. There, there are several other supplements as well that do that. Now, um, yeah, with lion's mane, pretty popular has become uh, microdosing uh, by using niacin that kind of opens up a little bit the blood-brain barrier and pushes things deeper. And, and uh, niacin also inhibits a little bit of a psychedelic effect if you're using something like uh, uh, magic mushrooms, uh, Wherever you are, if it's legal, you know, go for it. Like use some lion's mane in combination with, with that. That's the so-called Stamets um, stack. Mm. Now you can probably use something else also in combination with this. So certain herbs um, that are anti-inflammatory could be also probably good to combine with this. I actually read his original paper and he listed a lot of like different other mechanisms in addition to using um, things like uh, like, like mushrooms. You could use uh, a bunch of different herbs uh, and and the compounds in there also to deliver kind of anti-inflammatory or neural growth factor effect in the brain. It's in his original paper. Maybe we can someone can dig that out. It's, a, it's in the patent application for it actually. Now, when it comes to um, 
mushrooms in general, if you take chaga, for example, chaga is great for blood sugar regulation. And a lot of nootropics actually help you to focus on things and uh, have, have, have a feeling of flow state more easily if you uh, have stable blood sugar. And one of the most powerful compounds for blood sugar regulation definitely is in the mushroom kingdom. Agaricus place is one of those. Chaga is also great. But um, if we go more into the the herbal side of blood sugar regulators, uh, ginseng root is is great. Like it's it's often promoted as some kind of thing for men, specifically for uh, for for um, I guess like libido and so on. But actually, it's very good blood sugar regulator. So mm-hmm. I use ginseng often in my coffee. Actually, yeah. yeah. Um, more questions here. Uh, there's some comments on meditation uh, and effect on gray matter. Uh, uh, we can comment on that. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's let's take a close look. Yeah, there is a question from Nameless about thoughts on modafinil. Mm. And uh, what do you guys think about that? Uh, so it's probably one of the most popular uh, pharmaceutical drugs for cognitive enhancement mm. uh, in addition to Adderall. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I haven't tried monafinol or any like pharmaceutical uh, nootropic drugs, and that's uh, why we are concentrating on, let's say, in the Biohackers Handbook on, on more of these natural herbal or, or like supplemental nootropics. So I don't have any like personal experience. Uh, I think monafinil probably works, but you shouldn't use it like all the time. Adderall is say it's a bit risky because it can get get your like HPA uh, axis and and the nervous system out of out of whack so to speak. Mm. But uh, for sure, there's a place and a time for certain uh, persons in certain situations uh, in their lives. For sure, so <laughs> if you're the start startup. Or yeah, I haven't tried modafinil either, but uh, I did do some like uh, research in a university about it. Uh, and uh, what I basically found was that it's not, uh, it's not more effective than large doses of caffeine. So uh, it does s- sustain the kind of focus and uh, alertness for long times, but the basically the level isn't higher as caffeine. So it's like a lot, like a yeah, like a low dose sustained uh, caffeine response. Maybe it's maybe it can be more convenient than drinking coffee because you know excess caffeine can also be uh, like you know harmful. Uh, but I don't think it's you know like the limit of the pill. <laughs> About the studies on modafinil, I also did look at it some years ago, and a lot of this has been researched actually in the military also, mm. because we- being awake, Surprise. <laughs> being awake and having good reaction time is actually quite beneficial if you have been up like eighteen hours uh, mm. in a, some kind of operation. So they have studied extensively these things, yeah. and actually Adderall and and many of these other things are actually just li- like. Uh, uh, I guess like a prescription version of a modified version of amphetamine. Yeah. And so you're, well, that's, that's you're what basically they, taking speed. That's yeah. what the Finns did when when fighting yeah. against Russia. So, <laughs> pervitin. pervitin was was one of the main reasons we survived. Well, that was the that was the same uh, the Germans used the crystal meth. The yeah, pervitin. yeah. <laughs> Germans and Finns used crystal meth to fight the Russians. I don't yeah. know what Russians use, probably something similar. Vodka. Vodka and muscaria mushrooms. I don't know. They go. They did go burst. Every, every cultural country have their own own like um, mm. substance, yeah. uh, like nootropics and, and uh, the drugs they've been 
taking like but I have one, of years back. I have one comment like comparing amphetamine and modafinil is that I think the US military discovered that it is uh, it has less side effects when you use modafinil. Mm. So you get similar wakefulness uh, but with less side effects. Uh, and many you know, people in the nootropic community might be saying that, yeah, there is no side effect. It's the, it's the only limitless pill that actually works and all that. But in the end, uh, it's, it is something that uh, is elevating your heart rate. Mm. And if you use that mm. on a regular basis, daily basis, I think there must be some kind of side effect. So I, when it comes to nootropics, what I really like about are the things that are uh, not having a very strong physiological effect, measurable effect, like increasing yeah. heart rate. So, so in that, that or, sense, or stimulating like the nervous system. It's it's yeah. it's always a double-edged sword if you go into that route. Yeah. Addi- addiction uh, tolerance yeah. builds up easily. The body is pretty good at compensatory mechanisms. Yeah. Now, Let, let's say like ephedrine, like that was uh, I, I think was pretty popular. Maybe I don't know, tw- twenty years ago. But now I I think now it's forbidden like in in mm. many places. places but yeah. uh, a lot of bodybuilders did this kind of uh, ephedrine, uh, caffeine, yeah. and uh, aspirin <laughs> stack. Yeah. yeah. So as a, as a biohacker, I'm more interested in the things that are not really burning the candle faster, but things that are actually oiling the system. So you mm. kind of start yeah. from the basic building blocks. And we had a slide over there about choline supplements and so on, like the building blocks for cell membranes. Uh, well, yeah, this is acetylcholine as well, like for concentration. And if I can also add, and you can you can say then, especially yeah. like uh, um, just like you know that you don't have any rate limiting factors. So often, like you run out of a certain nutrient or a certain ingredient to run the process more uh, in a in a in a better way. Uh, so you just have enough building blocks so that the body is able to regulate the processes on its own. So if you're jumping over metabolic pathways, often there is some kind of side effect uh, to be observed later on. And it's safer to kind of start from the basic building blocks. Now, what I also like is kind of the neuroprotective agents that are really protecting the brain under stress. Uh, and one thing that I, what, what, is a, what I'm a big fan of is acetyl-L-carnitine, uh, Alcar. And acetyl-L-carnitine yeah. is able to cross the blood-brain barrier and it's actually something you want to take if you if you get a stroke. There's a question like someone someone was talking about a stroke that he had and some memory problems and all that. Like um, if I would get like a concussion or something like this, I would immediately take acetylcarnitine. There are studies that show that it can really it can immediately help immediately. But time is a factor that you have to start it right away. Yeah, maybe uh, take take a little look, like short look. What are neurotransmitters and uh, what, what kind of systems we would want to use? So I usually there are, there are many other neurotransmitters, but but these three uh, four are the most common ones like dopamine, acetylcholine, GABA, and serotonin. So these are the main ones that you want to affect and balance. Uh, always like stimulating or increasing their synthesis might not be the best one. So you have to actually find out what's your, what's the balance you have. And um, it, it's pretty hard to measure the, the quantities of these neurotransmitters uh, in, the, in the brain because uh, you, you cannot really get inside the brain. Of course, you can measure them f- from the gut, but that's not even accurate as well. But um, what, what I've used is a Braver, Braverman test. It's, it's a questionnaire test to actually evaluate what, what the kind of system you have 
And uh, are you more like drive to, uh, towards dopamine? Do you need more acetylcholine or are you deprived of, of GABA and so on? So uh, what, what neurotransmitters do, they function in the synapse and uh, there's synaptic cleft and they release these uh, neurotransmitters and then there's a receptor at the other end of the neuron and so and that's how the mm. communication goes. And um, for example, for myself, when I began like un- un- unveiling about my balance, so I, I realized that I'm acetylcholine uh, dominant. So I, I need a lot of choline to, to keep my brain functioning stably. And um, I tend to need more raw materials for GABA and a little bit for dopamine. I'm naturally high in serotonin, so if I eat like high serotonin boosting foods, it I don't feel good. It goes overboard and I have some right. symptoms. But for different people, this might look like totally different. So, for example, in the Barker's Handbook, we have uh, foods and different kind of supplements that, let's say, stimulate dopamine and so on. And uh, if we take a look at the basic nootropics we have covered, let's see the slides. So, Temu mentioned the Alcor, acetyl L-carnitine, and uh, that's definitely an antioxidant that's, that's protecting the brain from the damage and also cognitive functions via mitochondrial function reducing fatigue and uh, overall cognition. So that's also one of my favorites. And uh, I use personally Qualia Mind, the caffeine-free, but I don't take the seven capsules on a daily basis, but rather like one or two. So that's that's been really stable for me. But, you know, um, one of the most uh, researched and well-functioning is the combination of caffeine and theanine. That's that's like a, an easy easy uh, thing to do. Like you can put some theanine w- with your coffee, or just take caffeine with theanine. Mm. But there's a lot of stuff. Um, I don't think we should go like through these every one of these. But providing raw materials for the synthesis of these different kind of neurotransmitters is yeah. also very yeah. advisable. Okay. okay, guys, like give your own favorites. Like a couple of things that we haven't mentioned yet. Like um, uh, what would you consider as as some of the key components in your ability to uh, improve memory, concentration, brain health, and so on, and why? Mm. A few things that haven't been mentioned. Yeah, Sim, Sim can go. Mm, well, from a mineral side, <laughs> I like to yeah make sure that I do get adequate uh, intake of the minerals that are essentially involved in all the steps of uh, synthesizing the uh, neurotransmitters. And, uh, you know, they've... Biggest biggest suspects usually are magnesium, uh, iron, uh, selenium, and also like vitamin B6. So uh, yeah. yeah, eating like a nutrient dense diet essentially is a very good uh, solution for that. Um, but also like amino acids themselves. Like what? Like the essential amino acids. Yeah, yeah, yes, are them. yeah. That they they are uh, kind of like magic. When I remember when I discovered the use of EAS like two three years ago, I realized that everything began to stabilize a lot better because they are being used, let's say, for neurotransmitters in the in the body mm. that you actually need. So they're providing the building blocks in a very easily absorbable and usable form. Yeah. Mm. I, I say um, to add, add this, um, I use like DHA on a daily basis. I use phosphatidylserine. Uh, 
caffeine, with theanine, you know, microdosing with qualia mind. So there's a lot of stuff in there, usually one or two capsules. What do you do for choline? Like, how do you get enough choline? Because that's a um, very common like deficiency. People may not get. Yeah. So I basically eat like egg yolks. Mm. So they're they're loaded with choline. So I don't really need to like supplement with that. Um, like the Qualia Mind has some CDP choline in there mm. as well. The Alpha GPC I think is uh, also like a yeah. alternative to choline. It is. It is. Yeah. Very very good one. And uh, yeah, there's there's quite a bit of. <laughs> Quite a bit of stuff, but I would also we can jump um, now. Now that we're talking about this, into like um, the brain foods and why we should eat certain foods. So this is like the top ten brain foods. This is um, from our forthcoming book, the Biker's Brain Nutrition Book. Hopefully, we get it out out like uh, probably at the beginning of of next year. But uh, you rave about eggs, <laughs> so <laughs> what's, what's good in eggs? Yeah, yeah, well, obviously the choline that you mentioned. Choline! <laughs> <laughs> Super high, I think like one uh, egg maybe has like 200 milligrams of choline or something. And you, you optimally, yeah. you would need like a thousand, I think. But uh, Five eggs! <laughs> <laughs> but you could also get away with maybe like uh, four, three to four eggs and you can cover your daily choline uh, need with that. And, you know, obviously... The uh, amino acids, it has all the amino acids. Um, and even like the cholesterol itself is actually like beneficial for the brain in many ways, like the cell membrane and uh, protects against also oxidative stress. So Yeah, and hormones. Yeah. Okay, then, then we have a, like, we can just go quickly this list. Dark leaf greens, uh, most importantly, has uh, folate, which is uh, very crucial for brain health as well. Of course, like phytonutrients. Antioxidants and so on. Dark and raw chocolate. <laughs> I raw. absolutely love both dark and raw chocolate. A lot of different kind of compounds. And also quite a bit of um, micronutrients. Let's say like a copper. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, surprisingly high in copper. Yeah. But also like phenethylethylamines, anandamines. Yeah. And uh, these polyphenols. That um, if, you, if you want to keep, keep your brain healthy, you should also do the stuff that keeps your gut healthy. So polyphenols in general are like, um, I would say like one of the tops, mm. uh, like a groups of different kind of nutrients. Yeah. Then we have like a, a long chain, omega-3 fatty acids or PUFAS, but, but not the six ones. Blueberries, bilberries, definitely for brain and also for, for eyesight, retinal mm. health. I use MCT and caprolic acid on a daily basis. Um, I don't use exogenous ketones. I, I really haven't uh, like seen any extra benefit in these if you use like C8 mm-hmm. so, um, and you produce your own ketones. Yeah. But uh, many people rave about using exogenous, exogenous ketones. It may be uh, good if you have like a concussion or a trauma. Uh, yeah. Or sleep deprivation yeah. when you want to boost your ketones and want to be more deeper ketosis. But uh, true. Yeah, you don't need like them on a daily basis. Cruciferous vegetables, uh, like sulforaphane rich foods, activating the NRF2 pathway and a lot of other, other things. Really good for also for brain health. Uh, curcumin, there's so much uh, research and, and uh, studies about turmeric and curcumin in preventing, let's say, like neurodegenerative diseases and also like improving cognitive function that uh, it would take like two hours to go <laughs> go through all the research. 
Avocados. Mm. Why, why, why avocados? Uh, well, they're healthy fats, like the monounsaturated fats, and uh, they don't have like specific nutrients for the brain. Maybe besides like magnesium, it has magnesium. Mm. Um, Vitamin E. Yeah, that's true. Carotene. Protect protects against the oxidative stress. Yeah. And uh, last but not least on the list, my one of my favorites, extra virgin olive oil. We also have a, like a huge section uh, dedicated to EVOO in the brain nutrition book. So it's uh, one of the best foods you can actually eat. And it's, it's uh, probably the, the most important component in the Mediterranean diet uh, what comes to its health effects. And high polyphenol EVOO, it's, it's the way to go. Yeah, yeah there, is, uh, <laughs> the, there is a comment on teobromine from cacao and uh, yeah that's one of my favorites when it comes to definitely for sustained attention uh, nootropic kind of effect and there is an extract called uh, chocamine 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 is like a chocolate extract and we actually have put that in the biker's work chocolate and in the biker's work chocolate we also have lion's mane and chocamine chocamine is basically a concentration of it so if you when you eat one bar you're actually eating like five bars in one so you're getting enough of the polyphenols and all these things that are, are beneficial for cognitive performance. And we have also put a lot of bilberry extract in there. And bilberry is another thing that I use for yeah. cognitive enhancement. So it's used for vision and, uh, and retinal health uh, because of the anthocyanins in it. But also the, uh, yeah, thank you, the, the bilberry slide. So it's great for retina. It's great for brain. Um, it's, uh, I mean, if you are suffering from uh, uh, like, what is this like, inability to see in the dark. So there are some studies that show that that yeah. can improve that condition dark as well. So, I mean, your eyes are part of your brain. So go for two, at least 200 grams of bilberries or blueberries every day. Now, there's a comment on the carnitine side that carnitine uh, from meat and from supplementation can in the gut microbiome produce toxic uh, TMO uh, in the breakdown process that is linked to, uh, to atherosclerosis uh, or heart disease, basically. <laughs> and um, Alzheimer's as well, I think. Well, the studies that I have seen are basically uh, pointing out it, and this is done in mice. Uh, we don't necessarily know yet exactly how it works in humans. Is, is that chronic intake of carnitine, like excess uh, consumption of meat can be linked to this uh, Mm. Uh, produc- production of TMO and um, but it's also like the fish yeah. has a much higher source of uh, this um, TMO TMAO than uh, meat and mm. although like fish is actually you know considered healthy for the brain and associated with better brain health yeah I mean so it's, yeah like it's a very um, that's a nuanced or it was a delicate, anyway. delicate balance uh, you can find almost anything against and uh, for for your kind of like a point of view and research and you know we can talk about kale its benefits <laughs> or disadvantage like uh, yeah. almost like every nutrient have some kind of anti-nutrients or protective things and if you eat yeah. too much anything like too many na- days in a row so if your diet's like the same all the time like mm. let's say like uh, you're eating meat every day red meat like and you're not there's no variation, it can cause some problems. So mm-hmm. that's why rotating different kind of, I, I would rotate like 
protein sources on a daily basis. So your body doesn't get used to those as well. So, and uh, if you, I, 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 I've also seen that if you combine uh, with a lot of polyphenols and these kind of protective compounds, then the formation of these TMOs, it's, it's not really a problem. So you can like combat these kind of things. And also how you process, let's, let's say, prepared meat. We have covered these kind of food preparation methods in the biker's handbook. Yeah. I'm going to post the chocolate link into the Biker Summit YouTube chat. There we go. Chat. There it is. Any other questions coming in? TMO, more like LMO. LMO. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How about leg days versus upper body days for brain health? Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> well, uh, Maybe it depends on uh, the type of exercise you're doing. Like, uh, because if it's an easy exercise in terms of... Yeah, buddy! <laughs> <laughs> Lightweight! <laughs> if, it's easy, if it's easy, like, uh, doesn't require that much uh, you know, motor control and things like that, then uh, you're not really using your brain that much either. Mm. Like, I think any exercise, any movement will have a positive effect on the brain. And how big of an effect it has on, like, neuroplasticity or neurogenesis depends on the complexity of the movement. So, like, gymnastics and uh, those kind of things obviously have a much... Better neuroplastic, neuroplastic yeah. effect than uh, weightlifting, um, or yeah, like maybe like the compound lifts are better than machine exercises because you also have to stabilize yourself in uh, space and time. <laughs> True, and and like sports, different yeah. kind of um, when you do basketball like drills and those yeah. things much better for the brain than um, just so machines. so yeah. That there's um, this uh, tremendous picture about the exercise in the brain. Of, uh, from a little teal barrel from 2016 that we, me and Temo have been using like five years now in our presentation. So um, of course this is a bit simplified, but this this makes sense quite a bit. So lifting weight, if you want to really like um, perform in the prefrontal cortex area, like multitask, reasoning, problem solving, complex thinking, I think lifting weights it's just just like superior to any any other kind of movement. Mm. But also, um, for example, I I like to like play basketball and do drills and just like uh, it, it's it's not just moving like uh, these linear pathways, but more for this like a three D uh, moving and and so on. I would add in here chess mm. because um, it's it's highly demanding for the brain. And uh, I saw research on high like high performance, like these grandmaster level chess players who played like eight hours almost in a row, they, their energy expenditure was 6,000 kilocalories, <laughs> which is it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I get ripped by playing chess. <laughs> so uh, I would love to see chess here. But, you know, uh, combining different sports like uh, some yoga, some some like walking if you want to improve your memory if you just learn something go go for a walk mm. and so on if you want to combat um, with some addictions do really high intensity interval training interesting and, and uh, yoga seems to integrate emotions and also like uh, improve issues with fear and anxiety and and so on so mm. there's there's a question from John about neuropeptides. And neuropeptides are, uh, and neurolipids are bioactive molecules uh, with neurotransmitter and neuromodulatory properties. They're kind of uh, uh, short chain, um, uh, like um, 
consisting of of, of like uh, uh, let me let me see exactly what it is so that I'm not saying uh, they are usually between three to fifty amino acids. So they're made out of amino acids. And what is interesting about neuropeptides is is that, for example, cannabinoids are neuropeptides, um, and uh, there is galanin also, and there is lysophospholipids and so on, and, and they have been identified as important in slowing down the progression of Alzheimer's disease also. And we have actually mm. used often neuro, neurolipids and neuropeptides actually in, yeah. in different beverages here at the Biker Center. So maybe only because you are a big fan of neurolipids. Yeah, neuro yeah, I haven't seen actually like a, there's a Finnish brand Biomed who makes these neurolipids and it, it's not a new invention. It, it's like from 20, 30 years back, there's this Finnish... Uh, um, not occupied anymore because he's like 84. Carlo Jaakola, like who has been like doing 40 years back this kind of functional medicine and nutritional medicine, but he developed these uh, uh, animal neurolipids made out of uh, a swine brain. There are not any diseases or anything like that in there, but um, they they contain these kind of compounds. And uh, if you ingest them, the body uses this kind of a method called trophism. So you can find different spots and uh, areas in the brain that might be damaged and they actually fix them. Mm. So um, I use in my, in my coffee in my morning like this neuro, um, it's, it's a whey protein like um, combined uh, neurolipid. And I see the effects and I feel the effects quite immediately. So... That's that's one thing. Neurolipids, neuropeptides. Uh, I think the research it's pretty young. So there are different kind of neuropeptides that I've been looking at, like neuropeptide S, neuropeptide Y, and many of these. But I, I cannot say like really anything specific about these. Maybe maybe you have some more information or or seem. Yeah, I haven't really looked very deeply into it. Uh, I've just used it. Like an idiot, not neurolipids. <laughs> yeah, but there's a difference between <laughs> neuropeptides and neurolipids. Yes, mm. neuropeptide. It's a, as you said, a, a component of a different kind of amino acids put together to form some kind of a molecule that functions in the brain or or in the neurogenesis pathways or anything like that. And neurolipids, as the name says, there are kind of compounds that are um, that they are helpful for the brain and the nervous system, but they're basically like, let's say, like phospholipid compounds, like mm. phosphatidylserine, phosphatidylcholine, and so on. Yeah, let's let's um, move maybe from nutrition to some other ways to stimulate the brain. And someone here comments about uh, classical piano that that's the primary use for yeah. neural benefits. And uh, I did look into the studies of, of music and uh, anything that requires like really concentrated coordination of micro movements like dancing for example or uh, playing a violin is a pretty good example of an instrument where you really like you have to be really skilled to do that and very concentrated. I want to see you play a violin naked in your <laughs> infrared sauna having red light therapy. All right, that would be that dope. Stack, let's put that on the stack man. <laughs> the, the, this is just my morning brain health you. protocol. I'm just playing violin naked in front of a red light panel. So yeah, anyway, when it comes to uh, the brain of, uh, brain of um, Einstein, uh, they discovered that corpus callosum, the part of the brain that is in the center that connects the left and the right hemisphere, was more connected than in 
other people. So there was more communication and synchronization between the left and the right hemisphere, and it was probably because of this connectivity and, and increased connection in there. And they have discovered that um, that the fact that he learned uh, actually music and violin very young and, and continued that throughout his life as a hobby was probably one of the key reasons why he was such a badass. So it's a really good idea to put your children into musical classes or uh, learn whatever, ballet and so on, these classical things to, to, to enhance also their ability to use their brain as they grow older. And for that reason, I personally, or later on I discovered, uh, not necessarily reason, but um, I discovered that my juggling activity that I've been doing mm. since, since yeah. young is probably very beneficial for my brain development because I learned juggling, you know, different things. And um, in, I founded my company when I was 16 and other people were like smoking cigarettes or something, <laughs> not at Biker Center, but previous company. And I, I, I didn't smoke, so I, I decided to juggle. juggle. And I juggled like every break, I would juggle. And when you do like cognitive work and you juggle in between or you play instrument or something like this, it's very beneficial for- You kind of like rearrange your, the, the stuff you ever learned and- Yeah, there's something about yeah. this ph physiological side and how it connects to brain development. Dance also. You do the uh, circle on the head and tapping- And this kind of like, <laughs> like yeah. I, I think does and, and uh, dancing, mm. you know, one of the best ones also for brain health. Like uh, you, you don't need to necessarily go to a like dance class. You just mm. like move the, the in, in uh, different uh, ways. Rasmus has a question on the photobiomodulation, transcranial photobiomodulation. We have a device, I think, there, which is the VLite one. Yeah, this uh, is um, intranasal. Let, let me let me ask his sure. question. Uh, do you need something like VLite, or can you get some benefits holding your device over your head, like a, like a red light device or panel and so on? So all is now using a, a, a kind of a um, it, it has a frequency at which it is also uh, Yeah, this uh, is the blinking. view lights, 810 infrared light, and it has a flickering like 10 hertz red light. So I, this is actually a, like a four or five years old device. So uh, it's pretty durable. Uh, I've like um, replaced this applicator a couple of times, but otherwise this uh, has been my default for, for quite a bit long, long time. And um, the more advanced versions of these are, of course, these transcranial versions where you put this kind of a helmet that actually actually <laughs> you have. And yeah, uh, I know you crown. use it like a crown. And uh, But the question was, does this kind of like, if you use a panel, does it work as well? I think it does, but it's not that specific. So it, it's more specific when you have this like put it certain areas on the brain let's say mm. like the prefrontal cortex and the and the parietal cortex so if you would take a look at the brain brain cortex image so this is like the major areas that you can actually stimulate let's say with light or with the pmf technology so usually it's it's in the prefrontal cortex area you can of course stimulate the motor cortex and also like the parietal lobe and uh there's something let's, about. Let's make this like a yeah. <laughs> ridiculous cycle. Like yeah. Put all all this. All is doing everything at stuff once. in my in my head. So this is how I look in the morning without the glasses. Yeah, there is actually a benefit of using the laser through the nose, which is basically that you can access the brain more easily. Yeah, like there is all these soft tissues and it it goes deeper into the brain, 
There's and a lot of blood flow, like cerebral, cerebral. Or yeah, it's cerebral. nasal, nasal like blood um, flow in the in in there. So, uh, and VLite actually has done studies on on these specific frequencies, and it shows like synchronization also in the brain activity. So that's why it is a blinking one as well. And and um, they are actually studying it for uh, treatment of Alzheimer's disease as well. I would probably yeah. use something like that if I. If I had a relative with Alzheimer's, there was a question about that, for example. Now, um, what are your thoughts on the use of sauna and its benefit for brain health? It's an mm. exercise mimetic, so probably similar to exercise. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think there are a lot of studies that it um, prevents uh, or protects against the uh, Alzheimer's. So Yeah, there are for sure. Yeah. Is uh, it more through the cardiovascular system or is there like a direct effect on the brain? I, I'm kind of wondering what the heat shock proteins do for mm. the brain. I haven't taken a look, like a specific look on on the heat shock, heat right. shock protein. Well, the autophagy, autophagy process does uh, essentially help to clear out the plaque and uh, yeah. mediate some other benefit, neuroprotective effects. And it's quite actually pretty profound. Um, what, what if you would see a person like this driving next to you? <laughs> would you call, would you call, call the, the police? police? <laughs> Someone okay, okay. The there's there's a mentalism <laughs> or escape from the sci-fi like movie mm. shoot shoot or something like that. But you know, it's uh, <laughs> this stuff works. I really like um, <laughs> <laughs> the near near rhythm, the omnipenf device. Hmm. And uh, if you can like stuff anything, you know, ear. Yeah, <laughs> one one nostril is open. You need uh, yeah, something, I need something another else one. and the ears yeah. is open. So <laughs> maybe this is the binaural beats. Well, at the same time. Yeah, but you can actually you cannot really listen to anything uh, except if you have this like a uh, in earphones smaller. Anyhow, um, <laughs> more questions. Yeah, there is a question about stress. What is the long term effect of years of chronic daily stress? Uh, there is someone who also asked about like what are the effects of years and years of chronic stress from an overbearing single mother to a teenage son. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, sounds like, pretty demanding. Yeah, I mean your brain shrinks and it just you know goes into this like state when it's under stress and uh, brain atrophy is of course mm. like one of the effects of. Yeah, yeah. And and one thing that happens is also kind of this vicious cycle of uh, dysregulation of. Emotions that leads to more stress, that leads to more stress, that yeah. leads to brain shrinking, that leads to damage, to lead, that leads to, you know, more stress and uh, yeah. ability to inability to control these reactions. And, and the, the the vicious feedback also applies to these bad habits and stuff like that. If you are under stress, then you tend to uh, revert back to these negative habits that have a negative effect on the yeah. Yeah, brain health and uh, sleep. Yeah. So yeah, coping mechanisms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All that. Mm. Yeah, I I would say. Uh, definitely has an effect on the on the limbic system. I'm just uh, trying to like find a picture. Um, let's see from the book, Parker's handbook. So um, what I've seen research is is like um, it's overly activated the limbic system, which is, uh, has to do with uh, regulation emotions and especially fear. And the amygdala is usually like almost o- always overactive. And that has to do with like anxiety and fear, mm. and uh, chronic stress. It literally shrinks the the like the cortex, especially like prefrontal cortex, but but overall the brain cortex. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, other functions are uh, via the HPA axis um, to the permeability of the gut. Usually, the gut permeability uh, increases, and also 
because of that, uh, the permeability of the blood-brain barrier also increases. So I, I let's let's take a look if I have a I think I have a good slides about this. And um, you know that it's it's a it's kind of a complicated situation. So there's a lot of communication going through between different parts of the body, and uh, most mostly you see not wanted changes. But but these are reversible, so it's it's not like you're doomed. There are a lot of things you can do, and um, we go through this in, in in our live shows, in our books and courses, and so on. And uh, just by changing your microbiota, you can actually change the way your brain functions mm. and uh, how you actually react to stress. You can even change um, your circadian rhythm patterns if you mm. change change yeah. your gut microbiota. For sure. Cool. All right. Um, what other devices you guys like to use for optimizing brain function, concentration, uh, becoming a cyborg? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Anything else? Like TMS, like magnetic stimulation. Yeah, yeah just well, I, I like this uh, OmniPenf. I've, I've been using it maybe like five months now, so I use it uh, almost every morning and also in the evening. Usually in the morning, I use this mental enhanced mental capacity or energy, and there's different kind of programs. It's more like gamma waves, beta waves, and in the in the evening, I usually put it like at the back of the head to have a little bit more calming effect and uh, you know just um, have a difficult program and prepare myself for sleep and just calm down from the from the day so my brain might get a bit hot because uh, that's that's um, kind of kind of like a bit hot because i i use it so much and uh, do a lot of thinking a lot of complex thinking analyzing like uh, different data and, mm. and you do it too but the older you get the more you have to like uh, kind of take take better care of your per, uh, brain as well so you're not um, you're I'm, I'm not the same i was let's say like 15 years ago when mm. when i was at the age of, of seamland of mm. course my lifestyle wasn't <laughs> not nearly as good as it is now so if i had the lifestyle of seam when i was 26 Mm. What what would have happened? But uh, you never know. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I'm already. <laughs> right on. So, yeah. Um, any any thoughts on probiotics, prebiotics? Uh, I think I I know there is one interesting supplement for probiotics. Cognibiotics. Pro, yeah, cognibiotics from uh, bioptimizers, which is a specific blend of probiotics that is specifically studied to be beneficial for cognitive performance so that's pretty mm. interesting yeah um, it's um yeah it, i mean a lot of like things slide. like depression and so on yeah. would be linked actually to dysregulation of gut microbiome yeah. so so maybe maybe you want to increase the diversity first and then maybe consider something like this mm. uh as a kind of added yeah product. there's also this side of you know the endotoxins so you, you know if you got this full of these uh, lipopolysaccharides and endotoxin basically then you have like just higher inflammation levels which then yeah. feeds back into this uh, negative effect on the brain and uh, inflammation and autoimmunity and those kind of things so sure wipe out the bad bacteria <laughs> is a good good strategy and for that like all these different herbs yeah um, I don't know oregano 
rosemary, yeah, astragalus, those kind of things. This yeah, this this Kongli Bidex actually has like fifteen different herbs, like Chinese herbs, and uh, it's it's uh, in the list. Uh, their kind of names I'm not really familiar with, except for let's say Raymani and Shisandra and so on. But this is a uh, this is really more than just a, like a probiotic, prebiotic supplement. It, this is this is kind of like a synergistic, kind of like symbiotic with with herbs. And uh, I personally haven't tried this, but uh, the customers who have used it have have seen like pretty tremendous results. And uh, now actually, this is our first <laughs> commercial, so we have a code Brain. If you use code Brain, you get uh, I think it was ten percent discount, and it's. Um, only valid until tomorrow night or evening. So uh, use goat brain. <laughs> Wonderful. So use brain in biocrucity.com. And uh, you will become a super brain. Insane in the membrane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What so, you saying? Got no brain. <laughs> I have also used like transcranial electro stimulation mm. uh, and uh, TDCS and that had pretty interesting effect, but it only lasts like 20 minutes or so. So it's yeah. like, it's not very sustainable. It's a little bit uncomfortable to tap your brain with some electricity. I don't recommend anyone to do that without like uh, knowing what they're doing and what device they are using. But there's some interesting devices on the market. I think Tung is one, T-H-Y-N-C, which is a neurostimulation device using electricity specifically, which is uh, based on these studies. Um, it, these things can also help with things like depression, like directly. Like when you take a pharmaceutical drug, it's affecting brain activity and electric activity like through um, this kind of uh, molecular way. But you can also do that directly with electricity, which is interesting. Like you can reduce activity on a specific area of the brain and increase activity on another one. And this is how you deal with things like... Um, Anxiety, for example, you just slow down some yeah. parts and you increase, like. Or can you use it like after so like a stroke? It. I think there was the question of like a uh, rehabilitation for stroke. Depre yeah. Well, this is this has nothing to do with uh, like the hospitals uh, or mental asylums use this kind of like high power uh, <laughs> <laughs> electrical <laughs> stimulation that that are like trying to like the reset the brain uh, like uh, in in total. This is very like subtle when when you compare it to this. I, I remember when we wrote this back in the days, like this part of section, we got like like an angry like uh, respro response from a reader at the, how dare you use this like uh, uh, electric shock therapy because it, it's horrible. <laughs> and then we replied that it, this has nothing to do with it. it this is like very subtle mm. and uh, kind of like different microshock. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've been, I've, I've seen how it looks when you give like a true electric shock in a hospital. It's, mm. it's not very pretty. Yeah. Have you done it? Anyway, TDCS. Not to myself. <laughs> yeah, TDCS is not like a, no. some, some kind of Jack Nicholson horror movie, but it's, <laughs> it's actually pretty calm and easy. Now, Katarina uh, is asking about, uh, yeah, the tech is cool, but how about like uh, wireless headphones, electrical damage i guess like mm. uh, emf and all that like brain health have you looked guys into that like speaking on a mobile phone does that mm. have an effect yeah well mobile phone definitely definitely has an effect it has a very high frequency and rage and power but this is like a 
compared to this. This has like maybe like thousand times less <laughs> of mm-hmm. a- anything like uh, unharmful EMF radiation. Mm-hmm. So I think people are getting like quite paranoid about sure. the EMF, like all kinds of tech is bad, like O-ring. Uh, the, the the quality and the quantity is so little, but cell phones for sure they they their um, the frequency is high and the power is very high, but it, if you get it like let's say like ten ten centimeters of your head, it diminishes like dramatically. But if it's if it's uh, like attached to your head, then it, it's a problem with cell mm. phone. Mm. Yeah, and with the like uh, wireless earphones, it. Uh yeah, it does emanate a little bit as the EMF and Bluetooth, but the Bluetooth isn't uh, that harmful, like compared to maybe 5G or the cell phone itself. If you have uh, yeah. if your phone on the 5G turn on, and then you put it next to your head, then maybe like a little bit of damage. But you know, even then, the small amount of damage isn't always. It depends on the dose, essentially. Like a small yeah. amount of this uh, radiation uh, isn't gonna break the bank. <laughs> it's not gonna kill you, and uh, there are like you know, actually ways to. Or at least like the radiation and the stress, small stress does increase like autophagy in, in the brain specifically as well. And yeah, uh, a little bit of uh, yeah, reactive little, oxygen. Yeah, a little bit of this, yeah, yeah. like hormesis uh, goes a long way. And yeah, unless you're literally sleeping with the phone next to your head, then you yeah. don't have to like really worry about it. Or a Wi-Fi. What, 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 really I use, what I still do is like, you know, precautionary measures that if I am speaking on the phone, I'll still use the speaker function. And uh, if I'm, whenever I can, I still use the uh, wire, wire uh, earphones yeah. And uh, I may use like the wireless if I'm at the gym, but not not on other, on yeah. other times. And I'm not like really kind of worried about it. About about this, like uh, I don't know, it's, it's it's like ear part or yeah, air, air parts. Uh, I I've seen tests done by people about the radiation. I, I wouldn't put them in my ears. Like uh, I I always use mm. like this old school DJing uh, <laughs> like headphones. So I'm 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 kind of cautious because they are attached to your brain almost mm. and they're staying in your ears uh, possibly let's say like multiple hours per day so i would be cautious with these airpods yeah well yeah don't use it yeah, all the time like um use yeah. them only maybe if you don't where, where you can't or it's hard to be with a cord like maybe use them yeah like if you're yeah uh, i don't know swimming or something <laughs> you know it's it's the poison is in the dose yeah. here as well and uh the concept of hormesis is also something that uh Needs needs to be evaluated in when when you're using tech. Mm. I'm not using like this, yeah. for like, example, all like the, the time. The, the, the science of hormesis itself is very, uh, it's very. Uh, there's a lot of studies about the radiation itself generally, so it's very well researched. Like hormesis was first, you know, discovered through like uh, the radiation, uh, nuclear ra- radiation, those kind of things, and uh, yeah. In small amounts, some of the radiation can be, can be good, like x-rays yeah. and uh, stuff like that. So. Yeah, Seam is a good example. He lives next to a, um, <laughs> a nuclear plant, basically. Like He's a freak of nature. He's, he's actually made in a reactor. <laughs> Fell into the uh, pond. Yeah. He's, one of, he's one of those like living you know, Marvel characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just needs radioactive material Plutonium. to activate, activate. his autophagy <laughs> and become a resilient hormetic being. Yeah, <laughs> or Mystic All right. Yeah, maybe something um, that doesn't require any tech or food or supplementation is meditation. Yeah. So, uh, are there any any like meditation questions? 
Yeah, someone commented on meditation and yeah. gray matter and all that. So uh, because we have a, like a very nice, this is a, from the updated version of the Barker's Handbook and the Mind chapter. So there are different kind of uh, modalities or let's say like meditation practices that have a different functions. And uh, lately I've been doing like this kind of loving kindness meditation, compassion meditation. Uh, mainly for myself, but also it reflects to to other people and outwards, and uh, it has a different activation in different kind of brain areas. But um, this is free. Of course, it requires that you sit down, calm yourself down, maybe close your eyes, do something specific. Let's say, like you have a, like a non-focus, like a, in, in mindfulness, where you just let things like go as they come or arise as they go or you have a like more specific let's say like transcendental meditation when you have a certain mantra let's say like om or whatever it can be like almost everything and anything and you just concentrate on that and then different kind of things are beginning to happen in the brain mm. or it can be some kind of you you're focused on let's say breathing or an object or anything anything like that so all of these are very useful and they train the brain in different ways. My own protocol every morning is basically I go to infrared sauna, I have a red light panel, um, I do also some specific uh, essential oils and aromatherapy, I take a specific tea that enhances neurogenesis and then I do my meditation session uh, and I do that for uh, the whole session last 30 to 60 minutes and so, yeah, it's been quite beneficial to my, my I mean, just weekly life. I, I miss that when I'm not like able to do it in the morning. Uh, there's a couple of questions about red light, like how to do that properly and what is the optimal amount. It depends on the distance. Like it's, if it's very close, you need maybe five minutes. But if it's, uh, if it's like a, a good handful distance, then maybe 15 minutes is good. And if it's further away, then maybe 30 minutes. So that the time that you need to be under the influence of this specific and the strength of the lead also, but these typical panels is like, I would say like 15 to 30 minutes is good. Mm -hmm. If you overdo it, um, there is kind of a reverse effect. So it, it increases nitric oxide production, NO, and um, that can be in excess a bit inflammatory. So you don't wanna like overdo these things. Uh, you wanna, wanna keep things at bay. Yeah. Uh, for for sure uh, to get the right type of hormetic yeah. uh, response from because from that, these things. The, those red light the panels also uh, have some radiation coming from that. So yeah, like you don't want to be basically on the skin. You probably don't want to have it. Uh, but you know, it goes to show that the radiation has also these benefits <laughs> that you create this uh, hormetic response. Yeah. yeah. So here here is the hormetic basically the hormetic curve like the. Um, how would you put it like a like a up, upside down u curve mm. so um when you no have curve. a sweet spot dose it, it's uh like in in this uh, graph it's in the one joule per cent uh, square centimeter but if you like do it too much it goes uh, diminishes the fun uh, effects and might even cause some some damage even though red light therapy has been like proven to be very safe but the effects might not be there if you do it too much. But the here's the article. You can read it through, like a lot of different stuff. 
how you can use it and uh, what, what it mm. does and a um, lot of stuff. And if you really want to geek out, there is this <laughs> database with like, uh, now nowadays it's like 5,700 different articles and different kind of categories. So That's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Mm. So, so there you go. Dive in if you want to know more. Now, uh, there's a question about cold therapy, also like proper protocol and all that. Like I've noticed, like of course, uh, anyone who does it, like if you do like sauna, ice bath, sauna, ice bath, sauna, or or just like cold shower, like the cognitive effect of that goes beyond any nootropic that you can yeah. take. Yeah. Like especially if you finish with the cold. Mm. Yeah. Then you are finished. <laughs> you are fin, fin, fin. fin. So I just yesterday published this article on the health benefits of cold exposure. I know Sim has been writing mm. about this, and you have it in your book. But this is just a like summary about how how do you do it, what it does with cold shock pro, cold shock proteins. Uh, you know, just just do it, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but don't overdo it. it it's the same here. You don't want to yeah. go like ice swimming every day mm. maybe like once 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 a week yeah. or, or so cold showers for sure you can take like almost every day if they're not like too cold but he- here's like the training phases first uh, you can actually just put your uh, face on the cold water and it, it also has an effect just go outside yeah. without the clothes that can also be a yeah like or in the streets <laughs> <laughs> well like, you know, like just a t-shirt in the winter only use this <laughs> and no clothes yeah <laughs> yeah that helps um suggestion on recovering from gray matter loss of after covid so mm. yeah i mean any any kind of stress disease can of course affect that side now sleep and recovery is probably a very good idea meditation does increase increase gray matter mm. for sure um what else would you throw in just providing like building blocks for amino different acids. neurotransmitters amino acids like uh, all the things we have gone through like lion's in mane, this lion's and webinar yeah lion's mane for sure for neurogenesis and mm. uh building like new I, w- I would guess also probably like some breeding techniques are going to be key here yeah and, uh, and that's another thing like when it comes to like just brain health focus attention cognitive benefits like uh, doing something like Wim Hof has been not the cold part but the breeding part is it's amazing for like focus and attention and cognitive benefits uh, especially when combined with meditation it's big for me um so where's the database and how to access it uh, yeah it's in it's in the article about the red light where's the article it's on biohackercenter.com yeah. and you go to the news section the, the or the, the free, free, guide, free guide, section, guide section and uh, you find this uh, red light therapy article i think we it's can link red. it yeah link it here it's it's uh health benefits of photobiomodulation and it's it's uh in the beginning in the introduction so it's just click there, boom, we are wow. there. Thank That's you. it. Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. So have, have we covered pretty much like a lot of ground already? Like, yeah, is yeah. there something that has not been said? Uh, we have used here in the office also light stimulation, like using the NeuroVisor device. 
and uh, and and that has pretty interesting effects on focus, attention, clarity. Um, it's kind of like a digital psychedelic in a way. Uh, it, it has these blinking lights at specific frequency. And oh, you have it there. We have a device right here. So this thing uh, and some headphones uh, is amazing for 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 neurogenesis as well. Uh, the creator of this is like a long-term Buddhist meditator has been working on this technology for 20 years. It's not just some random stuff. So he really perfected this. It's called Neurovisor. And um, this is what I use in combination with binaural beats, red light therapy, and also some uh, vibrational therapy by using a device called Neurosonic. Now, that's an ultimate recovery thing, but it kind of forces your brain into this uh, state where change can happen in a way. So we are mostly throughout our day like in this default mode network and things are just happening automatically. And, and this somehow like breaks that. Uh, so there's so many ways how we can kind of tap into our motherboard and tap into the first language of the brain <laughs> and, and, and like increase your neural reality. Increase your neural reality. <laughs> and yeah, like take all of this at once and see what happens. You know, it's like when in doubt, you know, just yeah. use all senses to like, like just like induce like some kind of like uh, altered state in which you become like a freaking savant cyborg mm. savant yeah i mean uh, interesting also interesting also like some people can become like extremely intelligent beasts by getting in a brain injury so sometimes like getting a good hit in the head might be <laughs> useful <laughs> but don't try that at don't all. try it at home <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> otherwise you might lose hair like See him as. I don't yeah. know what happened to you, man, but it looks cool. I also <laughs> lost my hair, you know. Uh, let's not lose hair. Um, thank you guys for the answers and awesome knowledge. Thank you, Katarina, for being there. And um, all right. Yeah, some hearts are coming in from all me. Yeah, man. Good guys, good, good people here. Uh, what effect does daily sexual release with the wife have on brain health? Would it shrink it or increase it? Actually, there's some studies on uh, jerking off, mm. and it's not good. Like it, it's like it has like some kind of neurotoxic effect by overdoing it. Like mm. I guess it's like the the massive over release of um, of uh, excitatory excitatory neurotransmitters. Glutamine comes to mind. Like glutam glutamic toxicity could be mm. one thing. Uh, too much dopamine Dope. like leads to depression, depression, and so on. Nothing is interesting yeah. anymore but porn. So one biohack, biohack actually is like retention from these kind of activities. And uh, but hey, you said uh, with masturbation, and then you said porn, but they're not always interconnected. No, of course. So I see yeah. the problem is that if you have like PMO, porn, masturbation, and then release, and mm. that creates kind of this uh, habit. And this kind of like addiction yeah. that mm. that might be hard to break off, but uh, I would say for brain health, uh, we know for definitely for hormonal health and and like male organ health, uh, regular ejaculation is actually beneficial, not necessarily on a daily basis, but it might be like more often than you actually think of. So mm. uh, masturbation does not really make you blind, <laughs> as, <laughs> as like when I was young, like uh, I think the the uh, religion uh, education I, I think there was this like our teachers yeah. 
masturbation will make you blind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like yeah. It, church has done a lot for 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 these kind yeah. of concepts. But if you want to learn more about that activity, Google NoFap, N O F A P, like that's for people who are recovering from porn addiction and uh might be good for your brain so maybe like the oxytocin like the question was with the wife so maybe they just build more uh deeper connection and oxytocin and those kind of things yeah mm. which uh, obviously will have like a anti-stress and uh anti-inflammatory yeah effect, yeah. So. yeah yeah so so yeah i mean depends what type of sex and what type of stimulation mm. and all that in the end like like with supplements you can overdo everything like Yeah, yeah, poisoning the dose, as Poison as it dose. is here, and yeah. uh, the law of hormesis is a very good idea in here as well. Uh, before we end, I want to remind that uh, we have a like a cognition section in our store, and if you use the code Brain, you can get like a ten percent discount from any products, but especially these uh, Brain products. Mm. These are actually my favorites. This London Nootropic coffee blends and uh, I, nice. I find it really ni- nice the mojo is, is uh, my my favorite mojo. with cord- cordyceps and mm. what was the, the cordyceps Siberian ginseng really powerful is, cordyceps really increases uh, ATP uh, so it gets good energy don't take it in the evening but during the day it, c- it can be a really good uh, caffeine uh, replacement for sure yeah. and here's the device I use even at the moment it's, it's about to end And when this ends, it actually sends a vibration like, <laughs> and then you know it's it's gone. You don't have to use the app, and you can even switch off the Bluetooth if and you're. Then you're connected to the that. mothership. <laughs> Now, yeah, um, you can yeah. add to the glasses as well to more that. Yeah, basically, like you know, your eyes are the gateway to your brain. That the light and uh, the light mediates most of this circadian signaling for the brain and that the circadian systems you know produce hormones neurotransmitters uh, regulate other processes inside the body and uh, with you know age and with uh, these uh, circadian mismatches you see these disruptions in melatonin and uh, other hormones which will you know accelerate aging because you're essentially not producing enough of these kind of antioxidants or uh, any other hormones and neurotransmitters so yeah in the evening you obviously want to filter out this harmful blue light Uh, to produce enough melatonin and maintain the circadian uh, synchronicity, but even during daytime, yeah, like uh, maybe using these uh, see-through glasses mm. to not yeah. cause excess damage to the uh, eyes, because yeah, like as the eyes gets more damaged, then the circadian signaling will also be uh, deteriorated as a result of that. So you uh, meet, you, you're gonna see less light <laughs> basically uh, through the eyes um, if you, if they're like super damaged, the retina. So uh, yeah. Mm. Because like damaged eyes are essentially also like damaged brain because you kind of yeah. experience the circadian disruption. Sure. There, there's yeah. one thing that we haven't mentioned that just came to my mind, by the way, about this brain optimization hacks. And one of those is hyperbaric oxygen. Mm. Uh, and it, it is a treatment for brain damage also. And yeah. it, is. Uh, yeah. it can really help with, um, you know, if, if you've got lack of oxygen in specific areas in the body, like it can really help deliver that in there and can... It has been demonstrated to be effective in helping traumatic brain injury and uh, nearly complete reversal of brain injury uh, has been observed in a two-year-old girl who drowned in a swimming pool. So there, there is quite quite interesting things that you can do with just with oxygen and like you know making the molecules smaller and, and driving them deeper in. 
into the system. So um, yeah, hyperbaric oxygen, take a look at, you know, your closest therapy centers for that one. Now, I think we are pretty far here. So um, you guys have anything to add? Um, I, I, th- I, I have to thank, you know, our audience who has been very active. So thanks for, you know, being being there for us and asking these you, questions and so yes. on. Like it, it felt like a really good presence right there. Interactive. Um, Sleep is the best medication. <laughs> like cool. uh, it, it might be a cliche, but it, it is definitely true. And especially for both deep sleep and REM sleep, um, they they like uh, improve the brain in different ways. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys uh, and girls and uh, biohackers out there. Hopefully, you got something out of this to maximize your brain health. We have a book coming out also on brain nutrition and foods and all that like at some point from the biker center so follow us as well and uh, you know get our books uh Simlan has great books stronger by stress uh the latest ones also mineral fix uh immunity fix and also metabolic autophagy and uh the biker's handbook is what me and dr olis have, have written previously and then there is the resilient being book that we're working on which We'll be dealing very deeply also with resilience of the brain. So take a look at that, the resilient being. Now, with that, thank you very much. And I wish you a very cognitively fulfilling rest of the evening or day and rest of the week. Hopefully your brain is thanking you for whatever you're going to be doing. Cheers. Bye. And thank you and see you next time. Adieu. (laughs) Adieu. Adios. Hasta luego. YMCA. Where is the... Goodbye. We need the song. Auf Wiedersehen. Das Vidania. How do you end it? What do, what do I press? I press this button here. <laughs> <laughs>